This is Watch the Media. I'm John Schrader. Steve Fiziak, one of the voices of the Kansas City Royals, the author of the books Walls of Luca and Above the Walls, is with us now to talk about what a broadcaster does when there are no games to broadcast. Fiz, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, John, for having me on. Okay, <laughs> so we've already asked you the first question. Uh, what does a sports broadcaster do who's getting ready for the Major League Baseball season when uh, he finds out that um, there aren't any games at least scheduled for the next uh, month or so, and then who knows what? So what are you doing? Well, I continue to do research on Major League Baseball, and particularly the Kansas City Royals. Unfortunately, because the clubhouse has been closed down, we don't have that personal contact with the players. But what we're hoping for is that this break will be a short one and that we will get back to playing baseball. And I'm sure what will happen is the Royals will have the broadcasters return. We'll have spring training games. We'll broadcast those on the Royals radio network. And hopefully we'll have baseball very, very shortly. I mean, we're all kind of in a situation here, aren't we, Steve, where we know what the big picture is and we know how important it's really about the health and safety of us human beings. Um, and then we go to the next level, and that is baseball and playing games and how important sports is to us. So the initial reaction is, yeah, this is a really good idea, but my life is being changed. Let me not make, let me not affect my life too much. Is that a fair way to put it? It is, and perhaps we're going over the top a little bit, but I think it's really important to remember history. And I think it's very important that we see what happened in China see what South Korea did. They uh, directed uh, their test immediately. The numbers have gone dead. And uh, I know you told me that you're reading the book, The Wall of Luca. Well, in that story, right at the end of the war, my protagonist comes home and he is going to see the girl of his dreams. And that day, the Spanish flu comes to Italy and it becomes crisis. And a lot of what took place back then in, in researching the Spanish around the world was that there was no understanding of social distancing or stopping programming. You might remember we played baseball in 1918. We played baseball in 1919. I'm not saying that social interactions uh, advanced it, but they didn't hinder it. And that's why I think it's very important that the NBA addressed it immediately. Major League Baseball did the same. And this is hurting us dramatically because I think sports is a tremendous healer when people are in pain. And uh, I'll tell you a little story. When uh, I was telling my mom years ago, when I was a young broadcast in Kansas State football and basketball, and also Major League Baseball was later for the Cincinnati Reds, I was telling her what an insignificant job I had in play-by-play of Major League Baseball with guys holding wooden sticks and trying to hit them with round ball, trying to hit a round ball with a round bat. And uh, I thought it was rather silly. And she said, she got rather upset with me. She said, Steve, I went through the depression in New York City, and I also went through World War II. And when she was in New York, she, of course, said, the polo grounds, Ebbets Field, and Yankee Stadium were fulfilled all the time. People needed somewhere to go to get away from the misery in their life, just for three hours to get away. And that's what I think Major League Baseball can do. And that's why I hope we play very, very soon, because we've got a group of young men, and we also have an organization that 
that loves their community. And we saw, obviously, in 2015 and 2015, how the success of a baseball team can bring a community together. And but again, in January this year, how a football team, the Kansas City Chiefs, can bring a community together when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So I'm hoping we get back to playing uh, baseball and other sports very, very soon. I sort of anticipate what will happen when we all get back together is that we will realize how much we missed each other. And even though we may not know the person sitting next to us in row three in section five or whatever, but we'll, we'll realize how much we miss this because sports is a place in a society that of people like it or not, doesn't go to church as often, doesn't join clubs as often that sports has become, if not the biggest community um, gathering uh, among the biggest community gatherings, right? Exactly right, John. And you and I grew up huge sports fans and you and I have known each other since the late 1970s when we worked in Hastings, Nebraska and Kearney, Nebraska. And we got into our business because we loved the game. And you and I, I'm sure, remember times that we played baseball, that we played basketball, that we played soccer or football, what, and how it brought a community together. And to this day, and here I am, 65 years old, one of my greatest joys is watching my granddaughter play soccer. And she's only nine years old. But I get a great deal of joy going to her games and also having fellowship with other moms and dads or grandparents watching their children or grandchildren play a great game. And to me, nothing brings people together more than sports. And I've said this very often. I said, if politics worked like sports did, we would run a much more successful world because <laughs> you can't. You can't divide people. You have to bring people together. And that's what I loved about the Royals in 14 and 15. We had guys from the Dominican Republic, from Venezuela, from Florida, from Texas, from California, from all over the globe. And for a three, well, actually a six-hour period, they put aside any differences that they had, and they came together and they pulled for each other. And beautiful things happen when you don't care who gets credit for the success and that's one of the things that i love about sports that i think people appreciate about it and that's why i think people are really looking to either go to the game turning on the television or turning on the radio and listening again to his pastime i think we could make an argument and a probably a pretty good argument steve that 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 sports and entertainment sort of led the way here this week now we know Rudy Gobert and his teammate Donovan Mitchell got tested positive for the uh, 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 coronavirus, but um, but sports was already leaning toward that and and entertainment leaning toward that, closing concerts and events and conferences and all of these things. And I think maybe whether it's perception or reality, the political world fell in place after the sports and entertainment world uh, took the lead uh, in this parade. I think. I think. I think you're absolutely right. And that's why we know so much more than we knew 100 years ago when we had the horrible Spanish influenza and we didn't do these. Now, we had a horrific war in 19 that in 1918 in Europe and because of the devastation it did spread disease and vermin and and it's and virus spread, but they didn't have the understanding of like we talked about the the social separation also uh, 
big groups uh, not being together. They didn't know the spread. They also had a new vaccine at the time, and they didn't know the vaccine was actually going to hurt people because it advanced their stages. And what the Spanish flu did was it got into the lungs and basically hardened and suffocated the person. But because we're taking all of these measures and we've seen the success that they've had in both China and South Korea. I was looking at a at a at a at a span recently that showed the decrease, the obviously the increase in tests, but the decrease in people who had been infected by the disease and also the um, people who had perished from the disease. And obviously, uh, the majority of those were people in their 80s. And um, and uh, the individual we lost recently in New York was 82 years old, emphysema. But because of all of that knowledge, because of the medicinal um, experience that we've gained in the last 100 years, I think this won't nearly be as devastating as it was in 1918. And you might remember, we lost 16 million people in World War One. One year later. Mm-hmm. We lost 50 million, 5% of the world's population to the Spanish flu. And that's why with this knowledge, because of the uh, doctors, the scientists, the leaders that we have, they're moving this forward and taking the right measures so we don't have a significant problem. Because if we do um, say it's just a hope that it's going to go away, et cetera, well, you know what? It's going to raise its ugly head and really uh, be difficult to stop. But we do have some very, very smart individuals out there, leadership with the CDC and also leadership in Major League Baseball to uh, to say, you know what, let's shut this down. Yes, it's going to cost us some money, but however we can uh, handle it and, and, and be safe and save lives, whether it's our fans or our ballplayers, that's what they want to do. And I think uh, Major League Baseball is taking those necessary measures. Do you think when it comes to this, and it's difficult for us to get to the long view yet and get to the big picture, you know, historically speaking, but we have an opportunity here to sort of step back and look at the way we approach this, how sports journalism is done, because there are no games to cover now. Maybe we can sort of figure out, inspect, self uh, inspect, um, self-criticize uh, what we do in all facets of, of media and particularly sports media and come out of this thing maybe even better off and a better idea of what we do and how we do it. Is that fair? I think you're right. And I think we're all growing or we have the opportunity to grow um, and learn. It's, that's one of the things, uh, as I told you earlier, I love sports um, Rex Hudler calls himself a success failure. And I say, Rex, you don't give yourself enough. But his point is, okay, I succeed here, but did I learn? Did I grow from the experience? And Rex is a guy who spent 10 years in the minor leagues and 10 years in the major leagues. I don't think anybody has that kind of intestinal fortitude anymore. But my point is that we learn, we grow from these experiences. And in the sports world, if you don't learn and grow from those experiences, you're pushed aside. You're out of the game. Um, you, you have to learn, uh, particularly in baseball, because it is a sport of failure. Um, we've talked about this uh, countless times, that if you fail seven, ten times in baseball, you're considered a great, great player. Well, how do you handle failure? And the same thing is true with how you handle a crisis. And obviously, our nation, our world, 
is in a crisis right now with the uh, coronavirus and you handle it, how you learn from the experience, how you grow, how you get better and uh, how you make how you work with other countries to because we're all I think there is there should never be any nationalism anymore. We are a global society. We're a global economic society and we're all one. I mean, uh, just in just about um, every single spiritual practice that is brought up more than anything, that we are all one and uh, that we should really rejoice in our unity rather than our differences. Yeah. And a, and a health crisis becomes a financial crisis. And we know there's a darn good um, chance that we'll have a world recession if we're not already in the beginnings of one. But I think particularly uh, you're, we're concerned about those hourly workers at the ballpark, those those people whose jobs and livelihoods are based on 81 baseball games or 81 NBA games or or just the local uh, events. And uh, we need to make sure that we take care of every single person. The millionaires, the billionaires are going to be fine that everybody in this situation is taken care of. And I and I think, I believe there's a kind of a common purpose in that regard when it comes to the big picture in sports, don't you? Yes, and that's why I'm very proud of several of our ball players, whether they're the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, but who have said, you know what? I want to do $100,000 to take care of the uh, – the, the workers in our stadium who might be losing their jobs or vendors who don't make very much money, but they're important to us. And I, I just love that where that's one of the beautiful about sports. So many times we as journalists will write about ego, about um, a guy pounding his chest or spiking a football after a touchdown saying, that's not very good sportsmanship. You know what? so much joy in sports and that's why I think running and leaping and diving and and and, and spiking the ball or or maybe tossing a bat after you've hit a home run. but I think the point is to just play it with joy and when you see young men give back to their community because they care about the vendors the workers the the guys in media operations or, or whatever they might be doing they care that they may may be out of money and uh, I think it's very, been very cool how the, the players have, several players have donated considerable amounts of money to help out. As do I. And that's a fabulous way to uh, conclude the conversation. Fizz, I appreciate your time. I know you're getting ready to go home so you can sometime down the future go back to Arizona and then me uh, hopefully have a Major League Baseball season that starts reasonably on time. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you very much, John, and thanks for reading um, The Walls of Luca. Obviously, you can get on, on Amazon ebook or paper. <laughs> there you go. You just saved me. I had this written down here. Remind him about the book. So, Walls of Luca, uh, Above the Walls, Steve Fiziak, one of the voices of the Kansas City Royals, and an author, and a pretty darn good guy. I'm John Schrader, and this is Watch the Media.